you are listening to High Spots and Cheap Pops with Vlad the Impeller and Silicon Steve Valley. And now, here is Silicon Steve Valley and Vlad the Impeller. Wait. We are back, high spots and cheap pops. Vlad the Impaler, are you excited to talk about AEW Dynamite? Absolutely, and I'm just so proud you didn't call me Vig. Like I'm your side chick from your other podcast, you crazy knucklehead, you. <laughs> You're much more beautiful than the Vig. I have news for you. I don't know. I've seen him. I refuse to listen to him, but I've seen him. He's a dashing. handsome man. He is dashing, actually. Yeah, I can't really compete. I'm a, I'm a burly guy, and, you know. I don't, I so I don't think he'd be down to be a bottom either. Nah, I don't know. It's just some sort of lingo that you're trying to throw up my way. No, 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 not at all. Hey, so we had AEW Dynamite, and it was a, I thought, a really good show. I thought it was the best, I would say, the first three quarters until about 9.30, even quarter to 10. It was until Nyla Rose hit the ring, I agree. Yeah, that was a downer, but she lost. Thank you. Uh, so some woman who no one knows who the hell she is is going <laughs> to world championship against another woman that, you know. All right. A, stra- a stranger yeah. won, and we applauded as a universe. I don't want to lead with that because it'll put me in a bad mood. <laughs> salty. It'll, it'll bring Salty. It'll be Salty Steve back. Salty Steve. <laughs> the salty one. This is Salty Steve Valley. Usually he only comes out for Raw. <laughs> Fuck Shawn Michaels. <laughs> Charlotte Flair's an overrated bum. <laughs> I've never said that in my life. By the way. I think I've said, I, I have said fuck Shawn Michaels, though, and more than one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Uh, but a great episode, and it opened with usually things I hate the celebrity match featuring Shaquille O'Neal's debut. Official debut. We know he did a little run in at WrestleMania several years back against the big show. And he and Jay Cargill, and they, of course, take on Red Velvet, who was obviously supposed to be originally Brandy Rhodes. She got pregnant. Red Velvet, who I thought did a very good job in this match. Yeah. Good job carrying Jade and made Jade look great. And she looked great too. Uh, and Cody Rhodes. And I thought it was a very interesting choice to have it go first. Cause usually those matches, it's really more sizzle than steak. Right. And yeah. wasn't the case in this. Game, no, it wasn't surprisingly. So it was what you typically say. Jade is not very, very experienced in the ring. So red velvet kind of carried around, but she looked very strong. She really has a phenomenal personality in the ring. She has it. You know, like you were saying earlier. Yeah, I agree. She definitely has it. And it's going to be really fun to see her and Brandy when Brandy does come back. That's going to be fun. But that won't be for a while. So Jade's definitely just strapped onto her. She's going to be a major player in this women's division. They're laying some good groundwork in the women's division right now. The only thing that doesn't make sense is what they're doing at the top of the women's division. Everything else is not too bad. There's a lot of cool things happening here and there. Yeah. But anything around the championship has just been, but um, I'm sure. Kryptonite. 
you don't get what they're trying to do. Do you know that when Sheeta comes on after Sean Spears, there's a 245,000 person spike in the ratings? Yeah, well, mass reruns get a $200,000 spike in the ratings with Sean Spears. How about that? That wasn't nice. Wow. That wasn't nice. That was, that was salty. Slightly salty. Uh, it's a little salty. So we, but it was a good match. Jade goes over big, but the big spot of the match was this big dude in his pushing 50. I don't know. I think he's 48 or 49. Shaq gets put through a table by Cody and he took a good bump. How shocked he took it. And it looked real. And I actually thought he might've really been hurt for a hot second. Cause he did. He gave a little tap on Cody's back. Yeah. And I wasn't sure what the reason was there. Maybe he was checking to see if Cody was okay or what have you. But I thought he was might have actually been really hurt, but obviously he's not. He then when he was carted off, put into the to the ambulance, he disappeared. Who knows? But he gets the win with Jade. Yeah, and, and uh something I'll, I'll bring to like when you're talking about that spot. Uh, of all people on the AW uh, Instagram page, uh, they, they had the highlight of that. And of all people that made a comment on it, it was none other than one of your favorites, Ronda Rousey. Ooh. And she she made mention of, uh, hey, uh, Cody whispering to make sure he's okay in that spot. Something along those lines of paraphrasing. But uh, it definitely is it that, that whole match leading in and opening the show with Shaq was a promotional genius move. Uh, WWE probably would have had you wait till the main event and it would just would have failed in some level. But this, they were like, you know what? Let's swing for the fences. Let's go for it. They did it. And one of the things I, I really liked of that, that match actually was uh, the power bomb that Shaq did on Cody and actually paid uh, tribute to Brody Lee prior, prior to doing it. Oh, yeah. Beautiful move. So, yeah, that was just great, man. I thought that was great. And honestly, um, <laughs> Cody taking those chops from Shaq, I could still feel them and hear them. The, just the <laughs> echo of them was just great. Yeah, uh, but it's really good, man. Yeah. He, yeah. I tell you what, he was better than Ellie Gante. <laughs> Giant Gonzalez. Yeah, exactly. He's better than that, the Indian chap, whatever his name is. Oh, Kali, great Kali. The great Kali. God bless him. Yeah. So, he's no Shaq. He's no Shaq. AEW did have a pretty high night. Uh, not a million, but 934,000. And NXT, they only did 692. Not that that matters. We know who won the ratings there. We know, we know who's cowering, going away to Tuesdays with their tail between their legs. You know. Yeah, I'm just going to enjoy it watching all those NXT rejects on Wednesday nights from now on. Hey, one's going to be a four horseman, apparently. So there you go. Actually, three of them are. I do not count FTR's rejects because they, they were over and they got over. But Were well, they tag team champs at NXT? No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but they Sorry. were also okay. tag team champions. They were big on the main roster as well. Yeah. But Kai yeah. Dillinger never did anything on the main roster. He counted it to 10 several times. 
he just kind of flashed 10. I don't think he was really counting. So I don't give him credit for that. So he was just doing 10, 10, 10. I mean, he, he just, he played, he might not even know how much 10 is, but, uh, but after that, we, it's, it was just really heavy hitting. And I believe we went into the inner circle, but, uh, hit back on Shaquille. Yeah. Shaq did such a good job, man. He looked great. Yeah, he did. The power bomb was ridiculous. The like you said, every everything you said was spot on, man. And Cody did enough to make him look good too, because he's so big, yeah, and impending looking, especially in AEW. At least WWE, you could have a couple guys that can go close to eye to eye with him. Not quite, but close. Yeah. In AEW, I mean, shit, Billy Gunn looks like a giant in AEW. <laughs> yeah, I'm, being, does, I'm, not, I mean, I'm not being yeah, right. I'm like I'm laughing at the truthfulness of, like it set in I'm like yeah he's right when, when Billy Gunn was in the casino battle royal I think back at double or nothing mm-hmm. it, it honestly it looked like Sid Vicious against Sean Brockers <laughs> yeah it's true what the f- dude is he that big but, you know, he's not wrestling The Undertaker and Triple H and The Rock, who are all 6'3", 6'4", and obviously Undertaker 6'9". So, yeah. a little different, you know. So, after that, we did go into the inner circle. They did a press conference, which was very funny. Yeah, two, there was two times that. Turkey, I laughed that two times out loud. Uh, the, what's his name? Um <laughs> Uh, Conrad, uh, uh, man, his last name, give it to me. Conrad Thompson. Down at Thompson, I'm sorry. Uh, podcast, wrestling podcast. Uh, the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, Godfather, if you will. He's on the Mount Pod, Rushmore. The Podfather, right that's his nickname. There you go. And he's also known as Turkey Tits, evidently. And as a uh, obese man myself, I lost it when he was called that. So uh, that was just great. Uh, MJF just calling him turkey tits is just gold. And then when MJF referred to the fans as the pores, <laughs> that was great. <laughs> it was awesome. The Nick Jackson crack was, I mean, that MJF promo might have been the best thing of the night. I really might have been. Yeah. It was, it probably was yeah. my favorite thing of the night. He is so fucking funny, man. He, what did he call Nick Jackson? Mr. He said something about Matt Jackson and he said, I wish my hair was a little more thick, not so slick, Jackson. That's <laughs> so thin, right? Oh, it's great. Yeah. Oh, not so thin. Yeah. I was a little bit more thick. I think the word was thick, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was MJF killed it. Jericho is great. I mean, they're they're just golden together, man. They really are. They're golden, period. Yeah. And they're working together. It's going to be a great story for Jericho to kind of tell. And, uh, you know, we know we think we know where it's heading, but right now it's a lot of cool stuff. The the Bucks came out; they cut a really good Matt Jackson cut a really good promo. I can't say because Nick didn't really say anything, but Matt yeah. Jackson cuts a promo referencing Jericho being a curtain jerker at the performance. That's great. I love that term. Oh, it's fantastic, it, and it's it's great, and it's it's they can do that kind of stuff. It's kind of funny. <laughs> They clearly yeah. and Bischoff hired to work in WWE ever. <laughs> yeah, and, and then Bischoff uh, being there too was a nice little touch too. Yeah, oh, that was great. Eric B. and I love how he goes by Eric B. from Wyoming. <laughs> Shut up, Bischoff. Shut up. He's like one of the dumbest things you've ever done. He was such a smug prick. 
It was typical Bischoff. <laughs> this is smug, cocky asshole. It's just, it works. And it's like the history between Bischoff and Jericho. Like if you know it, like from the Monday night Nitro days and know yeah. the backstory and half of this shit, like just Bischoff <laughs> saying that line to Jericho was just like the guy who had like the, the miniature Goldberg spearing him and just feuding with him while he didn't want to. It's just like, ah, is this, where does this rank with stupid ideas? This is great. Where does this rank in stupid ideas you've done in your career? <laughs> I just great. Eric B from Wyoming. He gets his pop. You know he loves it. He takes yeah, it. It's like, ah, I beat Vince McMahon for 83 weeks. Not you. He did. And you know what? It's just like he, the way they use him is great. Like I, I think if he was there every week, it would get a little stale, a little old. But it, yeah. man, it's just like them sprinkling him in is just great. Yeah, and they know that. That's the, the beauty about AEW. It seems like if they think something isn't working legitimately, they give it a little time. But if it's not working, they pull the plug on it. Relatively, yeah. I know. If something, you know, except unless you don't like Eddie Kingston, I, I think we're in the minority with Eddie Kingston. So, you know what? I'm okay with being in the minority with you on that, man. I'm in good company. Yeah, exactly. I'm, 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 and, and my beautiful wife is also. She really doesn't like Eddie Kingston. She's repulsive. She makes you look like a mark for Eddie Kingston. Wow. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Absolutely. Absolutely. But um, they came out. They had a great – that they have built that, like, that storyline extraordinarily well. Not that I'm surprised, but there's so many really heavy-duty, awesome storylines happening in AEW right now. There really is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I just absolutely fantastic. So, so after that, we had a good match pack in Ray Phoenix again against John Skyler and D3. And that's whatever. That's, you know, a very good yeah. match. I just love seeing pack and Ray Phoenix wrestle. Those guys are so fucking good. Yeah, they're awesome, man. They're top of the game. Yeah, absolutely. Great tag team, great singles wrestlers, and and honestly, they're just they're, they're, it works when they're together with uh, Pent as well. So it's just it's it's a uh, I love that little faction. Absolutely. The we have to do it to mention maybe the ending, a good ending with the Bucks. They actually including Doc Gallows, my hero, and Carl Anderson coming out, seemingly helping. They didn't do anything super tangible, like they didn't beat up anybody or anything. Anderson held a guy down on a table, so they didn't really get too physically involved, but they did seem like they're having the Young Bucks back, so they're starting, really trying to build that friendship like we're supposed to believe that's happening. So, again, kind of keeping you guessing what they're going to do with the Bucks eventually. And, you know, we'll see what happens. This, I think we might have some ideas what's going to happen this this Sunday at Revolution. That, that might have something to do with it, but I, I'm not sure. I'm not certain about that. Um, so, but that wound up happening really good situation going through tables. And then I want to talk about another phenomenal part of the night. We saw the return of the ring, put it up. We saw the return to in-ring performing by Tully Blanchard and they come out with the surprise James J. Dillon, the architect of the four horsemen. How about awesome. that? Also known as Jojo Dillon. Jojo Dillon, is it Jojo? 
Yeah, really- that's what that's what Jericho would call him back in the Nitro days. Don't ruin his <laughs> <No> name. <Joe. laughs> Jericho was great about that. Yeah, you're saying, I think Dylan and him had a, had really good chemistry. Dylan did a really good job playing the babyface general manager. He really did. Yeah, when he was the general manager, Jericho would be out there. He's like, listen, Jojo Dylan. Oh, it's funny. He was he actually because he got pops, man. People loved JJ when he was the babyface as the babyface general manager. Yeah, yeah. He had his he had like everything under control. He was like a good leader there for the company and it was just like okay you know he knows the business it was it was a great role for him for sure oh jj looked good too man he didn't really I yeah mean, he looks older don't get me wrong but he looked good. yeah yeah he's aging well man yeah they, they, and, and tully wound up aging fairly well too to be honest and tully part of the finish getting the pin yeah yeah I'm Tully's great of all people it just i would not have thought you thought you could usually mark it down that marco stunt's going to take the pin but yeah the big guy takes the pin this time around with yep, yep. John Spears seemingly joining back with Tully Blanchard and so there was a little bit somewhat of a four horsemen reunion to a certain extent what do you think about all this shit I thought it was very cool I was also like listen we, we've been sort of discussing the horsemen's arrival into that federation but now it's obvious or Arne Anderson coming out there Throwing up the four fingers, giving him, giving that three guys so far the the um, um, the blessing, if you will. And there's something totally brewing there. I'm not sure if you saw the interview after um, AEW was on YouTube, but uh, with FTR, Tully Blanchard and Sean Spears came out, and uh, FTR really put over. And actually, JJ uh, J- J- uh, J. Dillon was there as well. And um, FTR was fired up and just talking about what it was like being in the ring with Tully Blanchard, how he's the master. He was the engine that pushed the horseman. He's the reason we're in this business, blah, blah, blah. You know, you know, just really putting him over. Uh, and then Jojo, <laughs> I call him Jojo. Then Jojo Dillon went and um, put over FTR saying, hey, you are the greatest tag team that is out there currently. And uh, this is something uh, brewing. Then Sean Spears came out. They declared themselves being like family. And the one thing, the one takeaway line was they they mentioned that this is just the beginning. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so here we go. We're we're starting it. We have three of the four. So who's going to be the fourth? So I don't know if Cody has anything to do with this now, unless Cody joins because I think he's so. good friends with. And then they'll go with our original plan, and Cody turns on the rest of the Nightmare family. Maybe. I think it's. I think it's Hangman, baby man. To face Omega, and then that's the thing. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be Hangman. Now listen, the, uh, through the history of the Horsemen, they've changed members throughout, right? Yeah, but sure. certain certain ones sort of remain. Um, and I, I, I'm hoping with these three, I'm hoping Hangman joins that. Because he'd be your 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 number one world title type guy going for it. Sean Spears is a bit of an enforcer type. It seems like they're going to probably go with. Is he though? Made a face. Who else is the enforcer type? I, I, I that's mean, what I'm saying I don't think they have an. What is he then? But I mean, was Arn Anderson really an enforcer type? He was just a member of a tag team, typically. His nickname's the Enforcer. Yeah, but he wasn't really. But I'm saying he wasn't like the heater or anything. Like usually, I mean, your enforcer is a heater, right? Well, Arn Anderson 
is the enforcer. And I understand not a that's heater. his nickname, but your typical heater is usually a big, strong guy, Diesel to Shawn Michaels, Sid Vicious to Shawn Michaels, so on and so forth. Um, Were any of those guys the, known the as big the big African dude for AJ, the heater? They usually consider them the, call them the enforcers as well. That changed because AA was considered the enforcer. But when you say enforcer, he doesn't fit the typical mode of your typical enforcer, is my point. Okay, so he's not six foot ten or taller and can barely wrestle. Yeah, six foot ten is the cutoff. It can't be six foot, it can't be six foot five, but really Jack. It has to be six foot ten. Here. All right. So so therefore, like the enforcer himself was nowhere near six foot ten. And I'm saying he's sort of like the enforcer of the group, unless you want to say one of the guys from FTR would be the sort of enforcer of the group, if you will. Well, I think he became the enforcer and because he was the, the – when did he get, start being called the enforcer? It wasn't until later in his career. It wasn't – he was not I don't, – I don't believe he was called the enforcer 87, 88. I don't remember that moniker. I think that came later right. on. Yeah, he was sort of an underling to Oli when it when it started. Yeah, right? Oli was the bigger or he was the underling to yeah. Oli. And then and even Blanchard was considered a bigger name at the time. Blanchard was considered a top three or four wrestler in the, in the world at that point in time. That wasn't in WWE. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that great battle with Magnum TA, great feud with Dusty Rhodes. I mean, Tully Blanchard, everyone kind of forgets about how big of and how good he was as a singles wrestler before he teamed with Arn. Yeah. The sling the slingshot suplex during that was great with my yeah. son. I was like, I was like, this is awesome. Uh, but yeah, like when you know, getting back to the you know the um, what what they have there and compiled, it, maybe I can't use the term enforcer because he's not six foot ten, but he's the sort of the mid card guy. Maybe going to go after the TNT Championship, Darby yeah. Allen. That's um, something that I can get okay. down with. I, I don't right. think he's the same. I don't think he's going to have the same role that Arn had in the Four Horsemen. That's I think would have been the best way to say it. Yeah, um, and then so they need the superstar. And honestly, I think they're. I think they'd be crazy not to add a Hangman at this point, man. I know you know you and I have our theories about what's going to happen with that Matt Hardy match, and I think you're spot on to be honest with you as I'm watching it. Uh, and I'm hoping that Hangman does not join Dark Order, does not join Dark Order, does not lead them, and is sort of left uh, with no other place to go other than FTR, Sean Spears, and Tully Blanchard. Yeah, but why would the character Hangman at this point in time go with three heels? Who screwed him over Uh, just six months ago? And what way did you think they screwed over? Uh, how did FTR screw over Adam Page? You don't remember the angle? So they what, started what? becoming drinking buddies with Adam Page, and they basically convinced yep. him that he should get the Bucks eliminated from that match that they qualified for to face them for the tag team titles. Right, right, right. So that was the reason. So that so so they, they, they screwed, they and they called Hangman a piece of shit. They kind of came right before the match. They said, "You know what? Well, we okay." So there's some heat with Hangman and and FTR, hmm. and you, you okay. can make that story that his career turned for the worse, especially if he loses to Matt Hardy in the Dark Order, or at least members of the Dark Order turn. 
which I don't know. I'm not as convinced as I was a week ago, but we'll see. Oh. We'll, get in, we'll get into the card in a little bit. Okay. But uh, right, I so, just don't so, think Hangman so, makes any sense right now. Okay, so Hangman's not there on current roster. Do you think anybody besides Cody? I think it's got to be Cody. I really do. I think it's got to be Cody. But that means Cody turns on his whole uh, nightmare factory. Which he might do. I, I'm not sure. I, or he doesn't. Or are they turn on him? I, it's, it's, I'm not sure it's happening. I don't even know if it's happening anytime soon. It might, you know, they, yeah. they're not exactly quick at the draw with, with drawing the storylines. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. Okay. I'm just curious. Yeah, but, you know, getting back to it, we already have the foundations of the horsemen and the return of them. And on Instagram, I saw that Mr. Arn Anderson, a.k.a. the Enforcer, all below six foot ten inches of him, uh, is already selling uh, horsemen satin jackets for approximately $140 a piece. So it come with your name on it? Uh, I didn't see that much. No, I don't think so. I think it has the horseman emblem sort of on the... You know, on the heart and then on the back of it uh, has the, uh, you know, the 80s horseman logo on it. Well, let's check it out. I want to see this. You know, you're ordering it. I definitely am going to order it. I'm assuming. When did this come yeah. out? I think today. I think uh, Arn uh, mentioned it today on his uh, on the podcast. Arn podcast. Yeah. His podcast is if you're going to sleep, I guess it's pretty cool. Uh, you know what? You have no respect. No, I don't mean that in a bad way. Obvious. What's up? Arn Anderson. I, I love the fact, and it, that is significant, him coming out and putting that four up. I got chills. I really did. I thought it was yeah. a beautiful moment, and it was just so good to see Tully and JJ doing what they did 30 years ago, almost 40 years ago, 35 years ago when they were running the wrestling world. And they still do it well. You know, Tully obviously is yeah. in, the same physic, in the same physical shape, can't put on the same matches. But he had a couple of nice moves. He looked looked a little weird at the one part, but when yeah, when uh, but you know, well, hey, look, it's Tully fucking. We're not gonna see, we're not we're not gonna see that that all that much. I mean, that was like you know, Marco Stunt was in the ring, and hey, this is what we're gonna do, and there's a big moment, and hey, Sean Spears has aligned himself with us, so. Yeah, how about that? Tully led the match off. How about that? Or did he? Or, or no, yeah. I don't know if he led the match off, but he was in the ring with Marco Stutt, just him, he and Marco, and he got over on Marco. He's beating the shit out of him in the, in the, in the corner. Yeah. I loved it. But, uh, listen, you know, hey, listen, we know that my 12-year-old daughter could take Marco, though. I mean, she probably has him in weight. He's a small man. Actually, I was watching the match with I was watching the match with her, and she's taller and weighs more than him. Yeah, no, I mean he's I think he's a buck twenty or something like that. I don't know. God bless him though, man. God bless him. The guy is making writing music. He's a professional wrestler. He's not my cup of tea in terms of wrestling. He's more of a sports entertainer. And it's whatever. But even though that Vince would ever take him. Vince might though. I mean, Jesus, he's done work. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Marco stunts whatever. He's not my cup of tea, but I give him a lot of credit for living out his dream. I really do. So, really, but after that, I just got my absolutely got the goosebumps, though, when Arn came out. He put up the four, four signs, and 
you know, I, I don't know who it is right now. I think the story's got to progress. It's so hard to guess what they're trying to do because you're, it's really hard because who's going to – I didn't think Sean Spears was going to come near Tully Blanchard again. I thought it was over. Yeah. But no, there he is. So we'll see how that all pans out, man. I mean, it's going to be great to see. And it's like – and honestly, maybe they wait until they have a live crowd to go and – show that card and then the place goes nuts. Yeah. That's the thing. And there's so many, so many possibilities of, of what they can do. And here we are just clamoring. Who's going to be the fourth member. Who's going to be the fourth member. It's absolutely, it's really fun, man. It's really fun when you talk about that. And then we move in right as the four horsemen, or at least seemingly a faction going out the heel side of the four horsemen or whoever that, whatever they're going to be FDR, Sean Spears and members of the four horsemen. Paul white was interviewed, but I love JJ and he's going off. You're not going to see anything better than that right there. JJ old school eighties heat, you know, fine, but you know, it was really fun. But then Paul white comes out. Looks like he's in good shape. Looks like he dropped some weight since being on WWE. Yep. What'd you think of the shirt? No more BS. Uh, it's an interesting double entendre, and uh, it's definitely a message to Vince. Oh, definitely. And it's interesting. He comes out, puts AEW over big time. The big yeah. announcement is that there's going to be an AEW signing announced on Sunday, and it's not who we think it is. Who the fuck do we think it is, Vlad? Who did you think it is? Is he talking about CM Punk? Well, you're you're leaving it. You're leaving something out here. Hall of Fame worthy. Christian? Uh, I'm I'm hearing, well, that's, you know, that's actually one of the people that's been mentioned, and I'm hearing that he's actually signed with WWE Legends contract, right? Yeah, he's so, yeah. Yeah, and then, and I, I, you know what, like, I don't think it's Christian, and I, CM Punk was on Twitter today and said, no, it's not me, which, you know, could be a swerve. But then again, CM Punk is one of those guys where I'm thinking he's live crowd material, like, you know, at least half capacity, if not full capacity is when you want him to come out. So, like, who else would this be? I mean, really, uh, is it a situation where it might be, um, I'm thinking Rob Van Dam? The Rob Van Dam is probably the guy we're talking about, but I don't think it is going to be him someday. This is the reason why it might be. I don't think it's that big of a deal. If you bring Rob Van Dam in right now, he's not staying, but he's not staying. Well, there's two people they're bringing out on Sunday. Now. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. It's some, there's a special guest for the, what the ladder match. Right. And then they're also having the signing and they're separate. Oh, so there's two new guys. Well, Cody yeah. kind of also put over the fact there's going to be a lot of new faces that we are familiar with and 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 what we're not familiar with. So there's yep. definitely more WWE guys going. It's amazing how we don't know who these are. And I'll tell you why. Because Meltzer is the one who knows all this shit, and he's not going to squeal on AEW, but he'll squeal on WWE. It's great. And actually, you know what? Somebody brought up, I, I think if you watch um, Paul White in his segment, instead of saying it, Revolutionally, he said evolution, and then people were wondering if this was Batista. 
There, people, the Batista's been rumored too. The, 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 what's really cool about this, and this is a different perspective. Who's going to come out in WWE? We usually know. We yeah. really are going to be clamoring to know who, and I think, I don't know how good, if I can be honest, AEW has put over the fact that two new announcement of people that are going to be joining the company will be on Sunday. I don't know how well they, they've made it clear to their fan base. It seemed because it only dropped on Wednesday. Uh, I think that they possibly could have done a little bit of a better job making that a little bit more clear in terms of their storytelling throughout the night. Mm-hmm. But whatever, I'm, I'm, you know, whatever. So he did say that starting on TNT, you know, and he did say at Evolution, and you did, and you mentioned that. And so, what about? Let me ask you this. I let me think, ask you this, and. and you got- in regards to like the, the other, we're just thinking dudes at this point, male wrestlers. What if it's like a Mickey James or a Victoria? Mickey something James like is that. Still in her contract. Victoria. Is- okay. Right. Mickey James. Uh, is- yeah. Yeah. Zelina Vega, but I wouldn't say she's Hall of Fame worthy at this moment, but I think she's still a decent star to have. Um, I don't know. I was just thinking maybe we're, you know, we're thinking just, uh, you know, narrow-mindedly in terms of this. Uh, maybe it's a, it's a, you know, like a, a female wrestler. So I'm not sure. Just, just throwing out there shooting from the hip with this too. But again, your guess is as good as mine and that's where we're at. And it's good because like, there's a good, a good amount of chatter right now, especially the hall of fame where the, you know, uh, um, shine that, uh, Paul white put on this. Absolutely. And Paul, and, and look, and he has a good at he's going to come in he's going to be very good you can tell he is a natural at wrestling he's been around in the world of professional wrestling for f- shit when did when did he fall off that cliff against hogan i don't even remember no. that was a long time ago though we had the big long hair and all that and i he's just a really good guy to have in the company and he's big enough where he can still get over you know big people can still get over and he and he's proven and by the way, I wanted to get into that. And you go, you have a lot of these guys who, and Jericho's another guy. These guys who have been under Vince McMahon and worked under Vince for so long is part of coming to AEW saying, okay, now that now I have a lot more freedom than I ever had. I'm going to show Vince I still have what it takes to be a major impact player in a, in a promotion. Because both guys, Jericho wasn't put at the pasture, but he was put out to the mid card. And yep. The big show is somewhat put out to pasture. The angle with Randy Orton, apparently he. Oh, looked- definitely. And what did you hear about big shows issues with the angle with Orton as to why maybe possibly one of the reasons why he did even listen to AEW and, and decide to work in AEW and back on TNT. Cause don't forget he was part of that WCW crew that debuted on nitro too. He was right in the middle of it. I think he was even the world champion at the time, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he was. Um, yeah, I, I understand that he wasn't necessarily happy about being offered a Legends contract. I think he wanted to go full time. He got himself into shape. And Vince was just trying to. And again, I don't know what the difference is between a Legends contract financially versus a full time contract that they have. Um, but Big Show, financially speaking, didn't feel like he was ready to pack it in. And uh, evidently, AEW went and, you know, brought the bank to his house and you know i saw i saw an interview that jericho did and he basically mentioned 
having Big Show there is is going to be great for everybody involved in AEW because of he's a recognizable talent. Um, he's not going to be wrestling every week. He's not going to be involved in you know and like angle after angle. We're going to be sick of it. They're going to use him sporadically and wisely, which is good. Yeah, and also they love his personality. So, and again, and I do like you mentioned again. He's back on TNT where it all started. He was like he was. I mean, 12, 21 years old when he showed up on Nitro for the first time. And he was Andre the Giant's son, evidently. Remember that angle? Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, like, this is, like, pretty cool. So now we have all of a sudden, you have Paul White, you have Sting, you have Arnie Anderson, Tully Blanchard uh, on the same station that Dusty Rhodes cut his teeth. And now you have two of Dusty's sons being major players there as well. And it's just, it's been, and to me... It's very nostalgic, and uh, I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm certainly. It's exciting. It's something we haven't felt in so long, and it's just yeah. one of those storylines. And there's so many other things happening in AEW. We haven't even yeah. talked about the main main event. The promo yeah. for the Moxley Omega match was fantastic. Yep. Yeah. And they really have the one thing that WWE has always had over everybody has been production. They probably, and they still do. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know if it's a clear distinction in the video part of it. it everything else, the pop and circumstance and the music and everything of that nature, WWE t- television production, WWE beats them, beats the crap out of them, frankly. Mm-hmm. But the video packages, AEW has really Brought the bought their A game there, and you see Tony Khan using his business acumen that he's built from watching his father run a football team for so many long. He's using a lot of those same philosophies and techniques to build a brand in AEW as he as they do in the NFL. So this kid's gone to school at one of the greatest market marketed things in the history of our of of mankind of recent mankind, mm-hmm. the NFL. So. He knows what he's doing. This kid's a genius, and he just happens to love professional wrestling on top of it. Yeah, and actually, you know what? Quick question. You mentioned the name Mankind. Mick Foley, he's not in the Hall of Fame just yet, is he? Oh, yeah, he's been in the Hall of Fame. He's, he was, okay, so he, he, I was thinking about the Hall of Fame-worthy title, and because Mick Foley's name has been mentioned quite a few times with this rumor as well. I mean, I, it'd be cool to see Mick Foley. Don't get me wrong, but would anyone yeah. really, I mean, would that be the thing that he's teased either way? It's irrelevant because he is definitively in the hall of fame. Well, the other thing is too, that night you have a death match. Well, yeah, maybe he's in the, he's the kind of guy that he'll, he might come out and say a couple words. They'll say he's in the crowd. He's like, I really what know if, what AEW is doing. Whatever, whatever they'll do. They but, what if, but what if they sign him and they decide to use him here and there and he's another personality that's on there? I mean, he is a household name. Yeah, one, but he's certainly not the guy we're talking about. Okay. I mean, there's, you know, no, I mean, there's I, no way. He's in the Hall of Fame. And also, um, I mean, God, I mean, geez. And actually, also, I think the guy just got out of quarantine. Like a week ago, too. Big okay. Not, uh, he's not a guy that Big Show would tease in that in the, the way he did it. Okay. Okay. No doubt. Um, but I'm trying to figure out who it could be. You know, Batista has been rumored. CM Punk has been rumored, but I never. I think CM Punk is going to be in WWE. I think they're going to offer him a shit ton of money, 
and have him work a good program, maybe with a guy like Daniel Bryan. He's going to work with one of the most talented people there, and they're going to let those two guys kind of tell their own story. And with a little bit of help from somebody else, you know, they'll have Kevin Dunn or Pritchard or whoever, you know, kind of whatever. And I'm sure McMahon will have to give the green light. But that, I think, is what CM Punk's going to do. That's kind of Daniel Bryan's mentioned CM Punk a couple times recently. And now that CM Punk said he's willing to listen, I don't think there's any reason why the WWE will not do everything they, they can to sign CM Punk for at least an angle or two. Okay. Now that he's not as butthurt, I think a lot of closure happened with that court case, and he had some time away from that, and also time away from MMA. He's able to kind of heal. And look, he worked for WWE in a certain respect. I know he was technically hired by Fox. Yeah. I mean, he was working on the WWE program. So obviously, he's not above working for them. Look, CM Punk also knows the business, and he's a businessman as well. He's going to try to get every nickel and dime he can, particularly out of Vince McMahon. He's been he's been very open about that. Yeah, you know. Uh, so you know. So I, again, I, I think you're going to. I think CM Punk is would be fantastic, and it would be a, it would be not just a it would be bigger than Moxley. That's how big it would be. Oh yeah. I mean, the CM Punk chants that ha- have been a constant thing since he walked out of, of the company in 2014. And they have ruined matches. They have ruined pay-per-views at times. I'm being dead serious. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's trying to cut a real heartfelt promo and you're chanting CM Punk. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I tell you, I've been doing this for 15 years. And I'm every... Tear every drop of bo- CM Punk. See, I mean, guys, seriously, this, this, this is a moment I'm trying to have. See, and they just did not give a shit. Who has recently left WWE or has been out of the game for a little while? Who's a who is Hall of Fame caliber now? Yeah, Batista has said Batista's old though, man. He's 51. Not that it matters, he could still, yeah, but. Could, could he really go? Well, who do you think it is? We got to figure something out. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, I don't, we don't have to figure anything out. I mean, it just, we, we've thrown out all the names and it is what it is. I mean, Tony Khan knows and evidently Paul White knows. Oh, and only him and Tony Khan. Yeah. I love that. So I, I, I also heard like people were throwing out Mark Henry's name. I was yeah. thinking Mark Henry, but he is also in the Hall of Fame. Well, that's the thing. Like, it's verbiage, Hall of Fame worthy. Does that mean? Does that mean they're in there and they're worthy of that Hall of Fame, uh, or they should be in the Hall of Fame but aren't quite yet? Well, I'll no. tell you what. Either way, what he said was great because everyone's guessing who the heck it is. So, great job! I, yeah. I mean, evidently, you and I have been clamoring about it. Oh my gosh, <laughs> the women's title match: the Native Beast Nyla Rose against. Rio, not the Rio. I, I didn't know her name. And with the match, I heard JR call her Rio. I'm like, did he screw up again? And then I realized that's her first name, Rio Mizunami. And she won. I thought it actually was a really good match. I did not. I fast forwarded it. But whatever, we're going to go over. I, I, You know, so you have a Japanese wrestler 
who I like her. I like, I do. And I also saw her match she had with one of my actual favorite uh, women's Japanese wrestler, Maki Oto, Maki Ito, who is amazing. And it looks like she's going to actually get more time with AEW. She's the woman I actually wanted to win the Japanese bracket. But I digress. But a guy, a, a woman that none of us really know who she is or where she's from, except for the real smart ones out there. Now we have to get excited with her and re, and her and Sheeta. I like them before the match hit or after the match. They hit and them hitting each other. So it looks like you're going to get a nice strong style Japanese type match. That's what they're setting up. And I'm excited for that. Ah, I'm not excited, but it's going to be a good match. I can promise you that. That's probably the only reason you don't put somebody that's very unknown in that spot unless you know they can go. So they're putting a lot on Rio Vershita, and they're hoping that, again, you're going to have a great match because I think with the last one was against Sheeta and Nyla Rose, and it was a not, not a very good match. Or was the one with Abaddon? Either way, Sheeta has had a couple of matches against her bigger opponents that matches were not very good. And then the last one with Nyla Rose was a train wreck. Yeah. So any comments on that? No? Yeah, I don't have much to add to it. None, hardly any. I, I really couldn't care less. <laughs> All right. So Rio goes over and we're going to see her. And uh, there we go. Tony Schiavone and I, Sting. I have, I have nothing emotionally attached to either or Nyla Rose. I, I, I you know what? I, I don't, I don't even care. Like, let's get past this. Get, put the strap on Jade Cargill and let's get it over with. I like it. Or my girl Britt Baker, but she's doing her thing. Or Britt, yeah, I didn't even take that at this point. The, the, this farting around with these other girls is just like ridiculous. They, they're devoid of personality, and I can't deal with it. Well, I, well, and then probably the the last good part of ah, the match was good. I keep on kind of shitting on it, but next they continue the storyline between Sting, Darby Allen, and Team Taz, and I'm actually excited for this match too. This is something that they've done a good job building. I know my biggest complaint was Stink had been coming out. What's he going to do? What's he doing? And he never really did anything. But last couple of weeks, he's taking power bombs. He's dragging Taz's kid out in a body bag. So I, I do no. like what I've seen from Sting recently. And he looks great, man. And you, you would have never, if you didn't know how old he was, you'd never guess he was 63. No. You would have never had the idea or understanding that Seth Rollins nearly destroyed his career. But he came back, man, and he gets to go out on his own terms. And the promo for that, too, is like, why am I in AEW? And he did a couple of things, and he specifically said he wanted to go out on his own terms. Yeah, yeah and I'm good with it, man. Like, he deserves it. Listen, he's he's a bit of a draw. Like, when we have fans out there, um, and there's a few more people in the crowd, I mean, they're going to go crazy upon seeing him. The entrance is great and all that. Sting is, um, he sort of uh, encompasses wrestling where young, old, he transcends things. And um, there's a little bit of a mystique. Of an, and here, like I mentioned, my 12-year-old, da- 12-year-old daughter, like watching with me, I could see when he comes out, she's like, okay, there's something to this guy. There's like a mystique. And and again, you know what? Like, hey, I'm going to, let's, here, let's go for a shoot. Uh, Silicon City Valley. What happens when Sting goes for the Scorpion Deathlock? What do you think? Does it hurt you? 
<laughs> it's, not, never, it's not a great I, moment. I never but even with that being Deathlock looked very good. Right, right. And, and it does not compare to the sharpshooter. No. It's nowhere close. But even but even with that, we're not even like negative towards it. It's sting. And it's like we deal with it. And it's like there's so much more to deal to like sort of uh, embrace about him. And you know, um it's okay. You know, he's not perfect, but still, man, he has built a great career. And the fact that he's still going at this age, and I myself used to watch him at a very young age and was like totally taken in by the guy. And he's evolved. And okay, I mean, who has milked the Crow character more than him? I mean, the Crow happened when, yeah, and like the Crow came out what year? And he still sort of embodies it. Yeah, it's amazing. It really is amazing. And look, the guy could wrestle too. He's had some really good matches. He's he's had a yeah, he has. Now, he's had a great career. I mean, he was also the WCW consciousness. He was the guy who never went to WWE yeah. until obviously, you know, when they hired him to job him out like three times. Uh, <laughs> <basically>. <laughs> oh, I was just gonna take the sell your soul, Sting. Hey, can I get that match with the Undertaker? He wanted the match. I think Sting was chasing a match with the Undertaker. Yeah. And it never happened. That's what's not gonna get it. Anything. No, you're gonna get Triple H. And I think, <laughs> hey, bitch, uh, yeah, I just think it'd be really cool having my character for sad character. I think it would be really cool. No, 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 no. We're, 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 having, we're having him go against Goldberg. Sorry, <laughs> it's gonna be great. They're gonna have, they're gonna have match of the year. Two white cards. Imagine Goldberg and the Undertaker. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, I'm staying. I mean, I'm a little cooler than Goldberg, right? <laughs> You're funny, pal. Have you seen him snarl and bang his head? Crabs love it, pal. It's over. It's good shit. See, Sting, you don't understand the Saudi audience. Sting would have came back for the Undertaker, man, but they put Goldberg with him instead. Okay. All right. So so stu- so stupid, man. That 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 feud would have written itself. <laughs> well, the promos would be weird. That would be great, but it'd be funny. The entrances alone would take twenty five minutes. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? They wouldn't have gotten hurt, and we wouldn't have seen one of the worst botches of a match in the history of wrestling. Do you think that Glacier is getting royalties for Sting taking his entrance gimmick? Ooh, it's not really Glacier. It's more like Game of Thrones, I would say. No, it's Glacier. You know, winter is coming, and it's Sting. Yeah, I mean, what was first? Was it Glacier or King of Thrones? Game of Thrones. Oh, my God. You know what? Game of Thrones clearly ripped off Glacier, obviously, is what I'm saying. (laughs) Oh, my God. Take this battle, take this character from Double Dragon, Street Fighter. I don't know. That made no sense. But, uh, you know, I, it was good. I think that they've done a great job building that feud. I really do. Taz is continuing to show you why he's money. Ricky Starks continues to get his loafers knocked off when he comes in and cuts a promo when he's not in his gear, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so, but I, I love that. And then they had the continuing build of Matt Hardy and at Hangman Adam Page. The winner gonna fa- they're gonna face each other at Revolution. The winner gets to take the guy's pay, I guess, for for the first quarter of 2021. Yeah. So they had a they had a good match. It was a decent match, but it was such a power packed episode. And then to have it finished with kind of a mid card. And then a schmaz at the end where all the people involved in, I guess, the, I guess there's a tag team battle Royal. So they were all involved. So. Yeah. To me, that was like very WWE-esque. Like. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It's amazing. It's like, oh my God, we're going off the air. Oh, this is crazy. They've done that one other time. I'm like, what are they doing? Yeah. Just. Yeah. I could have done without it, but you know what? I think. Uh, I. I, I, I don't see Adam Page winning this match, man. I think Big Money Matt Hardy's like got something up his sleeve here, man. Absolutely, I think Matt Hardy goes over. I think something big happens, and I don't know if the Dark Order turns heel though. I, I want to say that that would make the most sense, but just yeah. having Negative One out there, having Brody Lee's kid out there so much, basically giving them orders. I don't think they turn heel as long as he's a prevalent part of the storyline. And he was just out there this past Wednesday. What if negative one is now working with big money, Matt Hardy and gives his blessing. Oh, that would be great. That and would then it's be like, great. okay. And then you don't see him for years and he comes back and takes yeah, 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 exactly. There you go. Yeah. That is yeah, there's great. something that is fun because that is a great idea. Because what what would make Adam Page's character even more depressing is like he doesn't have any money. Like uh, he just what he made in the first quarter of this year is gone now. He's wrestled for free, so he's drunk and broke. And negative one turning heel is brilliant. I think they're doing that. That's probably. I, mean, I was they, like, how are they going to get over the fact that this? Kid whose pop just died. How are they going to put him over? You know, where are they going to get rid of him or whatever? But then he can step away and say, you you have control of the dark. You take it. You're in charge of things. And he actually could be an invisible hand. Kind of like, oh, oh, I just got this message from. Yeah. You know, there you go. Like Matt Hardy's in charge. He's in charge, but negative one's still really calling shots, you know. Yeah, I, I, you know, I just, I, I, how else is Matt Hardy? How else is Matt Hardy win this thing? And I, I just, what the hell was it that I texted you that Matt Hardy said to him specifically as the camera was going on as he was beating him with the microphone? I'm going to take, I'm going to take everything that you have, everything that you have, and what does he have? Money, and he has a dark order, so he's going to lose friends again. Uh, that, that I think it happens eventually. And honestly, is the Dark Order starting to get a little bit stale at this point in time? Since bro, now that they've they got to do yeah, they got to do something with it, man. Yeah, or are they still because they were riding high and they obviously were majorly fe- featured in Brody Lee's tribute show, which is one of the highest rated episodes ever. So they mm-hmm. and they're over. They're over like Rover is baby faces. But are they starting to get? Are they? I don't see this being something that is long lasting as a baby face run. So I'm thinking, yeah, that I did no. Yeah. No, I'm that's what I'm saying. I'm thinking what I originally said a couple weeks ago yeah. is that Matt Hardy takes over the dark order. I guess 
I still think that, but I'm not, I'm not as convinced as I was a week ago, which is to their credit. Yeah, I think. Yeah, definitely. It's to their credit. I keep you guessing. But I, I just don't like I'd be shocked that Adam Page wins his match. You know, I just it, it seems like he's he's destined to have. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a tragedy here. Yeah, Adam Page is going to be a big star. He's going to be a world champion and he's got a lot yeah. of time ahead of him. Matt Hardy oh, yeah. revelant probably needs a needs a needs a win here, even though he did beat Sammy. If you want to look at it that way. But Matt Hardy is, you know, he obviously wants to do, and he just spoke out about, I don't know the exact quote, but he just spoke out about why the Broken Universe didn't work necessarily in a in AEW either. But we'll see how good Matt is. Can he Can he be? It's been a good storyline when he and Hangman. It's been a real good storyline. I mean, there's five yeah. legit, really good storylines happening right now. Yeah. Like three festering that we know are going to be coming, so... Exciting time yeah, in AEW. And yeah, and that's they're giving you five like you know, X amount of storylines that are more than entertaining in a span of two hours uh on, on TNT. And then the flip side of that is raw, and we're getting pretty much one decent storyline out of three hours. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. Jesus, you know, just comparing it, you know. And what's funny is is that a lot of people were out couldn't get any TV time on Raw that are on AEW. Oh, yeah. We do have to talk about Miro. When is when are people gonna say oh, he's not that good? Like enough people. Because people I think he, people are still expecting him to be this absolute beast in AEW. I just don't find him ex- extraordinarily entertaining at all. I said it. I'm sorry. No, I don't. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not a fan. I like and honestly, it's like um I don't know how you fix it or make it more entertaining. I mean, is it a good athlete? Yeah. I mean, you know, is there something to work with there? I, probably, but I'm just the way they're going about it. Uh, like, I'm not that thorough. I'm not really entertained by it. Yeah, and Bruce, and it's not a cool, like, like bad guys. I want bad guys to be cool. What's so cool about it? There's nothing cool about these guys. They're no offense, but they're gamers. And that's not exactly what people aspire to be. You know what I mean? I don't want to hang out with them yeah. on a Saturday night if they're playing, if they're on Twitch playing video games. I don't want to hang out with them. Right. I'm going to go hang out with the horse. Yeah. No, I'd rather, I want to hang out with Hangman. Exactly. When I had those dorks. Yeah. So they don't have a cool factor that a lot of, lot of heels have. You I know, like my friends they're to cool. have, I like my friends to have vices. And video games aren't really necessarily a vice. Jesus Christ. So, yeah, I, we'll see where it's going. I think a lot of people are disappointed with this particular angle because you were using a big star from WWE and you're using one of the, your top stars in Orange Cassidy. Just stalling without for, while Trent's not there. And obviously when Trent comes back, they'll see what happens. Yeah. I think you have to turn the best friends on Cassidy sooner than later. <sighs> But we'll see when that happens. But I don't know if it's going to happen soon. They, but nah, they're not going to do anything until Trent gets back, and then you know, that's what I mean. Yeah, you know, they'll have a run or something. I think again. It's just interesting because Rusev keeps on pushing this thing. We're like, I want you to come home, Charles, and whatever else he was saying. You know, you saying he missed him and all that, and he's like, you could be a man. I like you, but you're making me hurt you. 
you know, and it's kind of whatever. I don't know what you, he's doing that with that. Is what, what's his you enjoy, you, you enjoyed being my butler. I think you do, I think you miss it. Come back. This is good TV. Please hurry up. Come back to be my butler. You're my young boy. English than that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you, you, how does he speak better English than that? Really? He has Eastern European accent. Yeah, it's it's weird though. He doesn't have an he he only has an accent on like a third of his words. It's weird. He speaks pretty good English. He speaks English very well, is what I'm saying. I, you sounded more like the Iron Sheik there. You're gonna go and criticize my Eastern European accent. You are a hack. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah, a, a guy named Vladimir. You're gonna go correct his Eastern European accent. I thought uh, I sound like Garen Sheik. Oh I my God, you're a disgrace. Thought you're for the Dominican. I, rather, I know. Oh my God. I could have said. Uh, hey, is Vic up for doing a podcast with me, man? No, no, no. He doesn't like wrestling. No, we can talk about current affairs and stuff. I'm not producing it, man. <laughs> That's where I draw the line, man. Oh my god! But but I will say this. Um, yeah, it was just a weird ending to the show in general, though. Going back into it, it was just a, it just it was so weird because I was so happy about this episode going in just right about till Nyla Rose showed up. Showed up. And yeah, three, I wasn't too disappointed. 75%, yeah, seventy-five percent of it was great. I mean, let's leave it at that. What are you going to go on the harp, harp on the uh, negatives, man? It's better it than like that. The last half of the show was all the stuff that wasn't that great. No, I wouldn't say the last half. It was a good. And by the way, that was a good match. The main event was good. It just was a bunch of mid carters, you know. I guess. I guess yeah. you're looking at Matt Hardy and you're looking at Adam Page, and AEW does do that. They spread the wealth a little bit on their main their main event spots a bit more than you know what. Let me bring one thing up that sort of caught me off guard. Um, no Kenny Omega, like, live there cutting a promo. I don't think Moxley was there either. Well, Moxley cut his promo the week before, and then they had the whole, like, vignette, if you will, with Moxley and uh, Omega's feud, which I get. You know, it's needed, right? But, like, for the fact that, like, you know, you're going into a pay-per-view, um, death match and Omega is not out there with Don Callis actually cutting a live promo. I was a little surprised at that. Interesting take, you know, just like, like why, you know, you know what? I'll explain it. I think this is what I think might be it. They want okay. to make Kenny Omega appearance special. And they are really doing a slow burn. Kenny's going to be had this title for a long time. I really do believe that they want a Kenny Omega match to be something that, oh my shit, Kenny's wrestling. Uh oh, we better, we better get it. And you can make the argument too that if you want to see this match and if you want to see Kenny, check this, you're going to have to see this match out because they definitely put the match over. The, the promo was fantastic. Oh no, I don't think Kenny should have wrestled. I'm, I'm shocked that they, he didn't come out there and cut a promo. I'm surprised they didn't, like, why didn't that end your show? Why wouldn't you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Kenny come out here. Maybe they do the contract signing, or maybe they do. You can figure out a reason. Maybe 
like you said, I agree with you. You could do it. You could do that. But I'm just assuming that they want to not unload all of it right now because you know they take their time telling these things. He's got a death match, pay-per-view match with John Moxley, which Moxley will probably get hurt so bad that he's not going to be wrestling for a while. The fact that the 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 pay-per-views this Sunday, the first Sunday pay-per-view, they didn't have one of their best promo guys in Kenny Omega cutting a promo about the world title match, death match, by the way, on the go-away show. I found that very surprising. I was really just surprised that we didn't see that. I mean, you know, I, I prefer, I would have preferred to see that end the show versus, you know, no disrespect to Matt Hardy and, Ad, and Adam Page. I enjoyed their match, but I would have rather seen Omega doing that versus Hardy Omega and I'm sorry, Hardy Page and the melee at the end there. It's just, it's an interesting creative choice. I don't know why they decided to do that. And, you know, I I've never seen had, that before. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And I wonder if it was originally planned to do that, because I thought that was weird that we didn't see any Moxley and Omega out there as well. But they did spend a lot of time telling their story. So, yeah, yeah. So I think maybe that might be whatever. I do know and I have noticed, especially in New Japan, Kenny also oftentimes did those types of things where he did the sit down interviews. And that's, was a big part of his promo where he gets a lot of what he wants to say out. Like a lot of those interesting things happen in those kinds of interview situations. So that might be part of the way that Kenny wants to tell that story. That would be my two guesses, but I thought that was weird. And it was certainly unorthodox. You certainly would think you would have your two biggest stars out there. So I see where you're going with it. I'm just trying to rationalize why and to explain to you. Listen, Listen, Moxley the week before told his story. I didn't necessarily need to see him, and I get it. Him not being there, not much more to add. Omega with a rebuttal, especially, you know, considering that they had almost a million people watching, that would have been a great place to sort of showcase him and even Don Callis. We had, so, I mean, we don't know. I mean, that is interesting. I, I did not hear anything on the internet about it, though. I wonder why that was. But that's it. that's a very good point, and I haven't seen many people talk about it. Why wouldn't you have it? Even if he just comes out, you know, and yeah, well, you know, yeah, and, and I'm saying, se- I'm saying, separate from the whole Young Buck thing, uh, and and Gallows and Anderson being out there with the Bucks, I'm just saying. And Don Callis coming out there and just, you know, hey, we're the ones that called this match. We asked for this match and and basically telling you what they're going to do. You know, I, I just I've never seen a promotion have a pay-per-view and you have the world champion not cut a promo on the show before via satellite in the ring. Nothing. Very strange choice for me. Do you think Kenny? I don't think this, but do you think he might? not have been comfortable doing it now that he's going to have, I mean, cause he's going to have a lot of, a lot of weight on his back. Cause you're not going to have boxing there for several months. So Kenny's going to be the standard bearer. Do you think, I doubt he was, didn't want to cut a promo. I don't know what the reason would be. I know it was Kenny's decision. Yeah, just I, can guarantee, I can guarantee you as long as a day is Kenny Omega, that was his personal decision. It wasn't Tony Khan's or anybody else. It was Kenny's. Yeah, I, I just found it to be an odd thing. And I was like, I, you know, because I DVR'd uh, 
dynamite. And I was like, Oh man, I'm like, I'm hoping that they didn't go over and I'm missing something here, you know? And, and then you know, the show ended. I'm like, Holy crap. They didn't even have Omega out there. Just an odd choice to me. It was a very odd ending. It was an extraordinarily odd ending. It was, it was just such a well book storytelling episode until like the last, you know, quarter or so. Yeah. So that would have you. But now that sets us up for AEW Revolution this Sunday night. When we come back, we're going to get into our picks. We are going to review the standing between Vladdy and Peller and yours truly. So I'm excited about that. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with AEW Revolution predictions from Silicon Steve Alley and Vladdy and Peller here on High Spots and Cheap Pops. <laughs> 